this God is dawn. Like and subscribe, comment some night. Love in this light, this God is dawn. God is dawn. God is dawn. Yes, peace, world, peace. Welcome or welcome back. I am God is dawn. That's right. Damn it. <laughs> and I'm back with an R. Kelly case update. I know, I know, not your favorite. I get it, kiddos. But listen, you may or may not have heard that his attorney, Thomas Farinella, has filed a motion for immediate pretrial release of the emergency temporary kind. The new attorney on board may have been behind this, or it could be just a matter of timing. Yeah, could be just that um, that New York jail is that unbearable for R. Kelly and that he insisted that they try one more time. So let's get into this um, bond request that was filed. I do have it um, here on screen in case, but I'm not really going to read it verbatim. I just want to kind of show you that, um, you know, it is a legit filing. The motion was filed just yesterday, Thursday, July 1st. And the main reason for the filing is to allow R. Kelly to prepare for his defense. Um, they do give, you know, of course, a myriad of reasons of why. It's a whole 12 page document. So um, let's get into some of it. So, of course, they give a little bit of background, which they typically do. And they actually state up front that since his arrival, in New York on June 22nd, 2021. Mr. Kelly has not been permitted to meet and confer with counsel in person and will not be able to do so until July 6th. And this is also after he tests negative for COVID-19. Um, they also mentioned that it is undisputed that he is illiterate, which makes in-person meetings essential so he can prepare for his August 9th trial. So they're setting the tone at this point to say, um, Listen, we can't we don't have access to our client, okay? And also he needs us more than the usual because he's illiterate. And this is nothing new. This is what they've been saying um I would say for the past 6 or 7 tries for bond pre-trial. So, aside from have not having access to lawyers, they are also citing privacy issues. They state that um, the walls are thin and that he has to make calls in the shower and talk through a slit in the door. They also state that scheduled FaceTime calls uh, were constantly interrupted. They mentioned that a camera was placed in front of Mr. Kelly and behind him every time they had FaceTime calls and that his illiteracy on top of all of that makes it an impossible situation. And that's a quotation. Despite Mr. Kelly's illiteracy issues, they say he never received the discovery materials from the previous lead attorney, who we know was Steve Greenberg, and you know that he was promised a single copy of the discovery as well as a number of CDs, but the discovery materials never arrived, according to his um, current attorney, Farinella, who from what I know, was also an attorney during the time this was happening. 
So that's kind of why I'm like scratching my head as to why um, they are bringing up things that he didn't get and basically blaming Greenberg. I'm going to just hashtag blame Greenberg for this. I should put that in the title, actually. Maybe I will. But um, he had a whole team of attorneys, and I understand Greenberg was the lead, but I'm pretty sure um, Greenberg was conferring with his team and also I'm sure his team had assignments and things that they were checking in with also. By what they're stating here, it seems they're saying there was no communication amongst the attorneys and that Steve Greenberg took the lead and took charge and was responsible for everything. But let me move forward. They also stated Mr. Kelly would rather struggle through reading the materials, even though he's illiterate, um, than not have any materials at all. I'm just going to read a little bit of this. You can follow along here if you like. The defense would be remiss if counsel failed to address an obvious stumbling block in Mr. Kelly's ability to assist counsel in his own defense. It is undisputed that Mr. Kelly cannot read or write. Therefore, unlike most defendants, he cannot spend hours reading and reviewing the documents that are relevant to his case. He cannot make notes about those documents in order to share those thoughts at a later time with his counsel. He cannot meaningfully communicate in writing with his lawyers. He cannot refer to a dictionary slash internet to look up legalese. He cannot effectively use the law library in prison. And he cannot meet face-to-face -face with his lawyers who can answer, explain, and obtain his feedback about the discovery materials. Um, it goes on to say, on February 4th, 2021, this court ordered that Mr. Kelly have the ability to possess in a jail facility compact disc and a single paper copy of the protected 3,500 material and may review such material outside of the presence of defense counsel or staff assisting such counsel. As a result of that order, Mr. Kelly requested of lead counsel numerous times to furnish him with this copy of Discovery 3500 material. Says the request fell on deaf ears. Not only did Mr. Kelly not receive a single paper copy from Mr. Greenberg, of which he could have tried to struggle through and has a right to have, Mr. Kelly never received the compact disc either. Mr. Kelly has not received a single piece of paper that is part of his discovery. All of his legal notes and paperwork are still at the MCC. He was not permitted to travel with anything. So not only are they saying he didn't receive um, the material or the disc, but it says that all of his legal notes and paperwork outside of that, I'm assuming, are still at the MCC in Chicago and that he wasn't permitted to bring it with him. Um, so what type of notes does he have if he didn't receive any of the discovery. I mean, I'm assuming they're just talking notes in general, maybe conversations they had and, uh, you know, whatever they've discussed within these past couple of years. But if he can't read or write, how does he have legal notes? Who are they saying they gave him things that he couldn't bring? What did they give him? I'm, I'm just, I have a lot of questions. Um, but they go on to say, Mr. Kelly has essentially been cut out of the discovery and trial preparation process, moreover, because of the pandemic and the visiting hours of, for the attorneys at the MDC. His overall communications with counsel and assisting his own defense have been cut out. Now both Mr. Kelly and counsel await what has amounted to a sporadic and unpredictable time for a phone call. 
given the types of limitations, it would be impractical to believe that Mr. Kelly will be able to assist counsel in fighting for his life. Um, I'll finish the paragraph. This is particularly troublesome as the means of those limited communications do not even possess the safeguards of confidentiality that are necessary to engage in meaningful attorney-client conversation. As stated above, when counsel had FaceTime visits with Mr. Kelly at the MCC, a camera was placed in clear view, both behind and in front of Mr. Kelly as he spoke to counsel. This has caused all sorts of a lack of confidence when it comes to attorney-client confidentiality. Okay, so it sounds like Robert Kelly has trust issues when it comes to his attorneys, or he had previously, and this is probably why um, Greenberg and Leonard are no longer, or, well, technically they are still a part of the team. The judge has not made her decision on the request for them to withdraw, though this does give some insight, I think. Hmm. Their solution for this issue, of course, is immediate pretrial release. They say that's the only solution. Um, they mentioned FaceTime and Zoom calls are not available for Mr. Kelly. Not ideal methods of communication, but better than nothing is what they stated. And the literacy issues were brought up several times. COVID-19 restrictions have created unforeseen delays, they say also, and a heightened feeling of unrest when it comes to preparing for trial. So um, they're blaming COVID-19. So, so far, everything they're mentioning here, aside from um, the new facility restrictions, everything already has been addressed in previous bail motions and denied. So I don't really see anything new, but uh, I'll keep going. They used um, the court's words at the June 17th Curcio hearing regarding Kelly's face-to-face -face meeting with an independent attorney to support their argument for this pretrial emergency temporary release. They cited previous statutes, which they feel set a precedent with regard to accessing counsel in order to prepare for trial. One of these cases is the U.S. versus Michael Abadi. And um, I'll bring that up also. So what it says here is uh, temporary release with stringent conditions is not uncommon when demonstrated in U.S. versus Abenati, where district court determined conditions for release of a defendant who was detained because he violated conditions of bail that were set at his arraignment after he was subsequently found guilty of multiple felonies. Additionally, the court released the defendant so he could meet with his counsel and prepare for two impeding trials and doing so under the current conditions would have made that impossible. I'm skipping a few things, but it goes on to say the request for release is the only option left that would ensure Mr. Kelly would be ready for trial. Unlike Avenatti, Mr. Kelly has not been found guilty of multiple felonies, which sentence would carry a significant amount of time, but like Mr. Kelly has multiple cases that contain an enormous number of documents, which requires hours of in-person consultation. Avenatti, a lawyer, has experience in litigation and even with meeting his lawyers, has complained about the difficulty of preparing for trial while detained. Turning to Mr. Kelly, significant time has been lost because of his transfer. He has significant learning disabilities and given the complex nature of 
the case needs to review and discuss the discovery with his counsel, which cannot be met now or even after his quarantine ends. It says, although prior to this motion, Mr. Kelly has been denied pretrial release on at least three occasions. And I think it's more like six, maybe even seven. Um, it goes on, due to the fact that counsel at the time failed to show this court compelling reasons for pretrial release, this motion is riddled with compelling reasons given the current circumstances. So again, they're gonna continue to blame Greenberg for all of the problems. Um, you know, they did bring up the fact that the court stated that Mr. Kelly is a flight risk and he's also a risk to the public safety and also brought up that um, the court, when they had the second district hearing, which was the appeal hearing for his bond, they stated that they are assuming he will have adequate um, accommodations to meet with his attorneys while in New York. And they're using those words to support their argument because they're stating that isn't the case. They also stated the upcoming Curcio hearing, the one that has been recently postponed or adjourned as they say, to be brought up at a later date. Um, they're saying that upcoming hearing is also gonna cause further delays. And that hearing has to do with the whole infighting with the defense attorneys and if what the judge is gonna do about that. They also, um, with that, attach the quarantine rules from the Bureau of Prisons and are saying that because of the quarantine rules, that's causing um, even more delays. So, you know, they had cited a case of a person that had AIDS um, as an example of when lawyers were not able to visit the jail and um, had to be accommodated by a pretrial release. It's a new one for me. I don't remember seeing that before. They also listed um, conditions that would permit release here on page seven. And we'll go ahead and read the list. What are the conditions that they feel are adequate for him to be released pre-trial? So number one, they have execute a bond co-signed by a financially responsible person. Number two, be placed under 24 hour home confinement to be enforced by location monitoring technology to be determined by pre-child services. Mr. Kelly would only leave the residence for necessary medical services. All other leave from the residence would be submitted through defense counsel for the court's approval. Number three, Mr. Kelly would not be released from MDC until all conditions are met, including the availability of location monitoring equipment. Number four, a review by this court not to exceed 15 days at which time the need for continued release under the compelling reason that release was ordered can be revisited by the court. Number five, when home visits are scheduled by pretrial services, Mr. Kelly will comply with pretrial services request to remove all cohabitants of the residence prior to the visit. So preceding this list, it says that this is what the defendant is prepared to do. They also um, note that a full list of Avenatti's conditions are in the footnote. I'm not gonna read those conditions, but clearly they are using um, my Avenatti, not just about meeting with the attorneys and the ability to do so, but also regarding 
the pretrial release conditions. So they're basically trying to take a page out of Avenatti's book. They also say that he's being denied his Sixth Amendment right to access counsel. Again, this is repeated from previous bond requests. They also say he wasn't tested for COVID-19 prior to his transport from Chicago to New York, despite the Bureau of Prisons regulations. Um, they say he was um, brought in and put into the um, special housing unit, the SHU, and that he was put into a six by nine cell. And then they say he got a cellmate who didn't wear a mask and that this person says they never wore a mask there. Um, so this again is something they're, they're claiming is a risk for R. Kelly. And they also mention the fact that he's 54 years old. I'll read a little bit of that because it's kind of interesting. So the document, it says next, the BOP requires that the person, Mr. Kelly, to be housed separately from inmates in exposure or intake quarantine. Once Mr. Kelly arrived at the MDC, he was immediately placed in the shoe, a tiny cell, usually about six feet, nine feet in size. Another inmate was placed in that same cell with Mr. Kelly. That inmate entered Mr. Kelly's cell without wearing a mask. That inmate has never worn a mask while at MDC. It says MDC does not require masks worn in the cell. These facts are very concerning given the importance of the BOP and the CDC have placed on wearing masks and social distancing. Mr. Kelly's cell, which is barely big enough for one inmate, has two inmates bunking together who did not get transferred to the MDC together, who are not able to social distance within their cell and are not required to wear masks. So they're trying to basically make a point that the BOP, the Bureau of Prisons, isn't following their own guidelines and that the judge used those guidelines as a reason as to why he um, could remain in custody. But they're basically saying those guidelines are out the window so that that decision needs to be overturned. Um, this document goes on to say, it is well known that the stark reality of placing an inmate in the shoe causes a slew of mental health issues, that's in quotes, says including but not limited to hallucinations, anxiety, panic attacks, memory deficiencies, concentration issues, paranoia, and impulse control. Based on Mr. Kelly's placement in the shoe, he is experiencing a number of these mental issues. It does not help that Mr. Kelly was erroneously placed in the shoe for 70 plus days when he first incarcerated at the MCC, in Chicago that is, and still has nightmares to this day about his experiences in the shoe. It says inmates placed in the shoe, whether for punishment or protection, are subjected to virtually the same conditions as those confined in the shoe to, due to disciplinary infractions. The mental anguish alone that Mr. Kelly is experiencing from being placed in the shoe, again, thwarts counsel's ability to involve Mr. Kelly in assisting in his own defense. So here they are basically contradicting themselves, I think, when they're saying they need to him to assist them. Um, they can't move forward without him assisting them. Even though he can't read or write, um, they're going to assist him through the process, the paperwork. But now they're saying that his mental ability or his mental anguish alone, aside from those other issues, also inhibiting him. So um, I don't know what they expect. Um, the court to do about his mental anguish. I mean, I, I understand they're saying 
it's caused by his incarceration currently, but it sounds like he's already experienced this and he has been experiencing this for the past couple of years. So it sounds to me like they're trying to say he's incompetent to stand trial. Um, this goes on to say, Mr. Kelly's mental state plays a large role in his ability to assist his counsel in his defense. The appropriate mind frame necessary at this crucial time in this case to assist counsel for in his defense cannot be accomplished given Mr. Kelly's current situation at the MDC. Even social distancing cannot take place in his cell, which simply heightens the risk of Mr. Kelly's contracting a disease. This is just another insurmountable hurdle that Mr. Kelly faces if he remains in the MDC. It goes on to say the CDC broadened their list of potential medical conditions that could make a person more likely to get severely ill and or cause death from contracting COVID-19. Included in that list of potential medical conditions that increase the risk of getting COVID-19 is diabetes and chronic lung disease, including chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. While incarcerated, Mr. Kelly was diagnosed with type two diabetes and tuberculosis, a disease that causes bacteria to attack the lungs. Unfortunately for Mr. Kelly, his type two diabetes was never treated properly at the MCC. Months would go by without a nurse performing a blood sugar reading. Per proper health standards with type two diabetes, a person should take a blood sugar reading at least once a day. Due to Mr. Kelly's new diagnosis of the type two diabetes, Mr. Kelly was told by the doctor at the MCC that he should start eating healthier. On July 10, 2020, the doctor from the MCC ordered that Mr. Kelly was to receive what's known as a heart and healthy diet meal. Mr. Kelly never received one heart and healthy diet meal. They say past history of tuberculosis is an important risk factor of COPD and tuberculosis is also common in COPD patients. Development of chronic airflow obstruction may be related to common risk factors or tuberculosis associated with lung damages. At the MCC, Mr. Kelly was given a proper round of medication to combat his TB, but Mr. Kelly remains vigilant and wanting to understand and be informed about his TB diagnosis because although the TB germs become inactive, they remain alive in the body and can become active later. So there they are basically saying R. Kelly never got proper health care while at MCC in Chicago, nor um, dietary aids per the doctor's orders back in July of um, 2020. So my thing about that though is why weren't motions being filed with regard to these things? This is part of the game, honestly, when it comes to pre-trial work. This is why his last trial um, took six years because his attorney at the time or attorneys filed motion after motion after motion. And if this stuff is true, what they're saying, this these are legitimate reasons to file motions to the court to say that, you know, my client isn't getting his health care. These things weren't these things that were promised didn't happen. Only way they can get around the fact that they didn't prevent this stuff or they didn't jump on top of it when it was happening is to blame Greenberg. Greenberg and Leonard. And that's what they're doing. Broken promises.
And speaking of those broken promises, um, I'm going to read just a little more from the last page here. It says, notably, while incarcerated at the MCC, Mr. Kelly begged counsel for an outside evaluation for both his mental and physical state from his days in the shoe. And since he contracted two very serious diseases. In January of 2021, both Mr. Leonard and Mr. Greenberg promised Mr. Kelly that they would have those services provided for him with the understanding at the time that they would have to be via FaceTime. Mr. Leonard specifically took on the role of committing to making those visits happen for Mr. Kelly. After several reminders to Mr. Leonard by both Mr. Kelly and co-counsel for unfortunately for Mr. Kelly's well-being, neither Mr. Leonard nor the lead attorney, Mr. Greenberg, followed through with the client's important request, which left Mr. Kelly in the dark about his mental and physical state. It says the extraordinary burdens imposed by the coronavirus pandemic restrictions in conjunction with Mr. Kelly's right to assist in preparing his own defense certainly constitute compelling reasons that would permit this court to order the temporary release of Mr. Kelly. The circumstances as they exist now will continue to exist into the foreseeable future. The climate of the case as it stands now makes it impossible for not only Mr. Kelly to assist in his defense, but for the attorneys to appropriately prepare for his very quickly approaching jury trial. Mr. Kelly has received no assistance given the fact that he is illiterate and has difficulty reading and writing. For the ongoing reasons, Mr. Kelly respectfully submits that he should be released to prepare for his defense for the impending trial now scheduled to begin August 9th, 2021. So, you know, the government will have an opportunity to respond to this motion prior to the judge making her decision. I personally feel like it's a reach um, Judge Ann has made it clear that she wants to move forward, even despite the attorney infighting. I'm curious about what her independent attorney has reported back to her. If she finds that Kelly's due process has been thwarted by um, all of this kerfuffle between the defense um, staff, she may rule in his favor. This um, may have been Greenberg's plan the whole time, though, to be honest. With all of the attorneys on the team, there's no excuse in my opinion for any of this, but I'll be back with updates as they become available. Join me live Saturday night to continue this conversation and then some. Thank you as always. Till next time, y'all. Peace.